0: right Lord we are so needy and yet there are times when we don't even realize how needy we are we could not have a knowledge we could not have a fear a reverence if it were not by your work by the work of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit giving us a knowledge giving us an understanding of our sinfulness and our need for a savior Lord you say in your word that in my weakness you are strong and so I just pray that in my weakness today that Lord you will be magnified and glorified help me Lord Help me to be a good instrument and a good tool for just teaching the wonderful glories of each believer's testimony. Lord, each one is unique. Each one is special. Help us to understand that and to understand the moments when we should and should not use it. We just pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. All right, I'm gonna, one question that I've got for you to start off with today is, did anyone have any uh, evangelistic encounters this past week? Could you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yes. Speaking with a a friend, a Jewish friend of mine, uh, and he's allowed me to ask but it seems to me and i having spoken to numerous messianic Jews mm-hmm. is that what we as Christians need to show them love first <clears throat> and once we get to know them then they allow us in where we can actually talk about our faith mm-hmm. it makes it a whole lot easier because there's a lot of baggage that was committed by the Romanist cult because the war was mm-hmm. at the Romanist cult and us as being all Christians. And mm-hmm. the reality is, no, that's a cult. We are Christian. We are the Catholic Church.
0: Mm-hmm. The true Christians Catholic the Church of Christ. So mm-hmm. that it, I've been able to ask him some questions, like,
1: what was the deal with the sacrifices? What does that mean? And he didn't know. He was like, "What?" Well, I said, so if we continue to to sacrifice bulls, is that really going to absolve us of all our sin? And he was like, no. And I said, so it would have to be a perfect human sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why he, his mind is just like, whoa. <laughs> that, that Amen.
0: Bulls, uh, I, uh, Amen.
1: Yeah, it was, so it was very, very good. And we're still friends, and mm-hmm. we're still going to talk more. And. hmm Mm-hmm. that was my best evangelistic
0: thank you, thank you brother, yes um, Emmy. I had one, I went on a run
2: and then I saw a man um, walking in the same direction as me so I, I went up to him and I asked hey do you believe in God <laughs> and then um, he he's a 90 year old Jewish man Whoa! so he was like yes, yes I believe in God and then like okay let's talk about him and um, he You know, he's a genuine Hebrew. He went to synagogue as a young boy. And so I listened to that. And, you know, I was um, trying to use that as some kind of handle. And so I was saying, you know, it's amazing when you think about it, that um, Judaism is a continue or um, Christianity Christianity is a continuation of Judaism. And it's amazing. I'm sure you've read the, um, I said Old Testament scriptures, but what, you know. the Torah, and um, yes. the Tanakh and um, you know it's amazing how Isaiah and other texts like these so clearly um, uh, prophesy of mm-hmm. a Messiah that Jesus fits and so we were talking about that um, and then you know that conversation lasted quite a while and it was great <laughs> and then I ended by giving him um, a letter which has like a real good gospel explanation but um, yeah and then the next day, I went on another uh, run, and then <laughs> high school was coming out. I live next to a high school, and it's really cool because I can pass as a high schooler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Praise um, the Lord. I'm just walking with my hands in my pockets amidst this crowd,
2: and it's like incognito mode, and then I'm at a, like a crosswalk, and there's a group to my right and to my left, but then there's this one loner, and so we're walking, and then it comes to just us. And then I look over to him and ask, hey, do you want to have a conversation about God? And then he's like, well, not really, but, <laughs> but we do anyway. <laughs> um, and so I hear him out. Um, he's an atheist. And, you know, I could um, empathize with a lot of what he's saying. But again, I, I had a devised gospel uh, letter in my pocket. So I end it by, like, entreating him to please read it. Since we didn't have time mm-hmm. to go through a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the next day.
0: Uh, on another <laughs> on run. Another,
2: uh, <laughs> this time it wasn't in that same scene. But there's a park near my house. And you know I was. I prayed to the Lord that day. That just as with those other days. Mm-hmm. That he would allow me to give um, this gospel tract. To somebody who will read it. Um, so I went to the park. And then some people were playing basketball and I saw a young lady sitting and watching. So I go up to her and I actually have um, a Tupperware of Spam masubis i had made. <laughs> and so I'm looking for someone to give the spams to. <laughs> and then I see her and I ask like, hey, do you like Spam masubi?" <laughs> and then she was wearing a cross necklace and I was wearing a, a hat with a cross. So I use that. It's like, hey, I noticed you're wearing a cross, me too. Uh, you want to talk about God (laughs) something like that and um, it was actually a very precious encounter you know she's a high schooler who um, you know says she's a Christian so we just talk and after that I just end it with you know please read this letter Um, so yes
0: praise the Lord praise the Lord and then um, I know for me with this past week it was just a really difficult week but I was exhausted, and uh, I had to go up to DMV. And typically, if you're going to DMV on Saturday, you you need to get up there at like 4.35. And I tried to get up to do that. I couldn't. I didn't get out of bed until 6.30, and I didn't get up there until 7 o'clock. And little did I know that God had ordained that. Because as I get in line probably 300 yards away from the front door, I look and five guys in front of me, he looks at me and all of a sudden he gets out of line and makes a beehive, I mean just straight at me. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like going, dude, you've done this before, right? And I was like going, what do you mean? He goes, you, you've come and stood in line here at the DMV, right? And I said, yeah, I've done it a few times. He's like, are we gonna be here all effing day? Are we gonna be, and he's just, I mean, he was just off the cuff. The guy was, he was just, and he, for whatever reason, he stood with me and just talked. And at one point, we got into whether or not there is a God. We got into um, some of the apologetics, come to find out. He grew up in Long Island, New York, and there in Long Island, his parents took him to a Bible-believing church, and he heard the gospel, but he just does not believe it. And big part of it was he wants to party. But we got into like the, about the scriptures and how we can know that this is God's inspired word. And I gave him information because he's saying stuff like, yeah, it's been copied and changed over time so that the story all fits together. And I was like, actually, that's not true. Let me tell you about the Dead Sea Scrolls and going into it. And it was at that point, we'd been talking now for about an hour, that all of a sudden he goes, you know what, I hope everyone else in earshot is enjoying this conversation as much as me. (laughs) I was like going, all right. Praise the Lord. So, you know, pray. I think in all these situations, being diligent in prayer and asking the Lord to give you those opportunities to share the gospel, he will open up doors for you. Sometimes it won't seem like it. You'll have days where just nothing opened up. But those days when it does, you actually get to see God working in it. And it's such an encouragement. Because then I was able to say, well, Lord, thank you for the extra sleep. Yeah, so I could talk to this guy. Zane was his name. And I, you know, I started thinking, did I see any contrition? No. Did I see any change? No. But can the Lord use that? Can he use that hour and 15 minutes that we were talking to actually bring him to salvation? Absolutely. 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 I will be so stoked if I get to heaven. And Zane comes up to me and is like going, thanks, man. (laughs) I know I was a little weird. I know I was awkward. I was cursing so much. You were probably cringing inside. But, you know, it was all for God's glory. All right. So the sheets that you have today, we're going to talk about our personal testimony. So you've heard me. Give my personal testimony, correct? You've heard, heard me give my testimony? Apparently not. No. no. You don't know. No. Okay. My testimony is this, plain and simple. At the age of seven, my mom came home from church, and she said, Doug, are you ever scared that you will go to hell? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and she says, well did you know that if you say a prayer that you could go to heaven? And I was like, really? I was so excited. And so she led me in a sinner's prayer and she affirmed and understand. I don't know if my mother would still do that today. I don't think so. But she had just the level of knowledge that the Lord had given her up until that point. And so I went through one year later I'm baptized and then I go through and I am living as a unbelieving believer, if that makes sense. I act the way whenever I can and I have the strength to act in righteousness, but the rest of the time I am just torn up by sin and I go through... High school, high school, I get into college at the University of Arkansas, and then I come out here to Las Vegas. And what ends up happening is um, I am actually teaching Sunday school. I believe that I'm a believer. I'm teaching Sunday school uh, to the young adults, and I technically wasn't a believer. And I can remember... It was July of uh, 1998. It was just several months before the first child was born. And I was preparing for Sunday school, and I started praying, and I asked God. I said, and this prayer is evidence of my wickedness at the core. And in my prayer, I said, Lord, please allow this child to be as wonderful of a Christian as I am. And in that moment, for the very first time, the Holy Spirit allowed me to feel the full weight of all my sin. And I was scared to death because I knew that I deserved hell. I knew that I deserved every moment in eternity in that place because of all my sins. For the first time, I saw God as being holy and just and magnificent and great. It wasn't just rules, but it was all about His greatness. And in that moment, for the very first time, I cried out to God, if you do not save me, I am doomed. Please save me, Lord. And by His grace, that was the moment that changed for me. I ended up, from that moment on, You couldn't get me out of the Word. (laughs) I mean, it was so clear. Before, I would read the Word of God, and I would see certain things in the Word of God that were good, I thought, and I, I could teach from them, but I had no spirit. There was nothing within me. And once the Spirit came, then it was in the Word, then it was in prayer, then it was getting up early in the morning. And unfortunately... Um that's you know, that was the moment for me when I became a believer. So that's my testimony. Does anyone else here want to share their testimony? Anyone brave enough? Brave enough. Uh, so I was raised Roman Catholic.
3: So it was very much I got paid to baptize when I was like three or something like that. It was a it was one of situations where like there was, there's no gospel ever preached um, there mm. or like that. Uh, at age 13, I started to doubt whether or not God existed. And mm-hmm. I was like very, uh, well, it wasn't really a doubt. It's just God did not give me what I want. So like I just was like, you don't grab me this prayer. Like I'm going to apostatize basically. And that's what ended up happening. Uh, but like age 16, when the topic of hell was brought at school of all places, so God works all things together for to good. <laughs> um, when that topic came up, not being preached directly at the people, but just I like kind of mm-hmm. talked about like at age 16 and then they're 17, like they're talking about the conquistadors and all that stuff. Mm. Like I thought about that and stuff like that and that kind of shook me up. Um, but it, it wasn't until like I got older, I think, I like, think that there was a transition point there, but like at age 22, uh, I had like got to a place where like I thought there was a contradiction in the Bible and I apostatized again for like a day. So I sent in a question to uh, this one ministry, and they gave they gave it back to me, and I knew that I had broken God's laws, honor thy father and thy mother as thyself, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, and so forth. So I knew I broke God's laws, and I deserved to go to hell, uh, but I knew that this eternal God was Father, Son, Holy Ghost, sent his Son, died on the cross, rose again on the third day, therefore what is written is true, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead You will be saved romans 10 verse 9 regardless grief produces a repentance which leads to salvation without regret second corinthians 7 verse 10. so having known all of that i repented of my sins and then i put faith in trust in jesus christ and that's how Amen. the lord saved me it wasn't something of myself but it was by god's grace that i mm-hmm. got saved Amen. and that actually caused friction with my family and it's caused friction ever since because there's that division between uh, not just Catholicism and Christian, but unsaved and saved. Mm-hmm. Salvation is not outside in; it's not on a culture. It's based mm-hmm. on uh, repentance and faith and trust in
0: Jesus Christ. So that's how Amen. And there is—I mean, just to add to that, there is. You can see when individuals who, when you ask them if they are born again believers, and they say no but yet they attend church and they are a part of, you know, trying, waiting upon the Lord. If you ask them, you know, how do you feel and stuff when you are at church, and they're like going, you know what, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I can see the joy, I can see all of the emotions, I want it, but it's not there. And that's really one of those things to me that is just so heartbreaking is that you just you hope and pray that for those who are not believing that they would come to that realization they would come to that light and the only thing that you can say to individuals is that keep on seeking the lord that he may be found keep on going to him don't forsake him But keep on going to him that he may give you the gift of repentance, that he may give you the gift of faith so that you will believe. All right. So let's get into today's lesson. The verse that we really, I I think this is such a good good verse, is Psalm 66, verse 16. Oh, and I need to make a quick announcement. Today is Covenant uh, Renewal Sunday. And we finally have a special gift for everyone that we've been working on for quite some time. And it is actually in the chairs in front of you. Don't take it. Don't look for it. Don't be tempted. I shouldn't be saying this. But the idea is wait until the church service when the, the pastors will direct you to go ahead and get your copy of the pocket hymnal long-awaited pocket hymn. Isn't it beautiful? I'm like, oh, I love this thing. Lord willing, the Lord will use that just to enable us to develop a greater zeal to worship Him in spirit and truth. So, all right. So Psalm 66, verse 16 says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what He has done for my soul. And that's really that's giving that testimony. That is revealing how God has done a miraculous work in your life and how he has brought you from that point where you are in your sin to now that sin is washed away. It is finished, it is done. And you now can put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ alone. What a blessing. So the very first thing that we're going to talk about, though, is what a pers- personal testimony is and what it is not. Okay? What it is and what it is not. A personal testimony is not the gospel. Right? Why, why would we say that? Why would we say that a personal testimony isn't the gospel? You can tie it in with it.
2: Your testimony is good news for you, but the gospel is good news for them.
0: For everyone, right? Everyone who comes to faith.
4: So the gospel is explained very clearly in the Bible, and it also says do not add or take away. That's why your testimony is not the gospel. That's a good good point. Brother?
0: Uh, I was going to say that there's a particular cult that love to share their testimony. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Yeah? It, is there a burning? I'm sorry. Is there a burning that they experience? they a burning in
1: their bosom, and they testify that the Book of Mormon is true. And so, uh, you would ask earlier for people to ha- have a testimony.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If I could, if I could implore you, brothers and sisters, let's say you witness to this person, and the person's like very much into it, and then they turn to you and you say. What is your testimony? And you say, uh, uh, and you've got nothing to say about your testimony, how uh, your sins have been forgiven, and that you've been blessed with eternal life. It should be one of the biggest things in your life, if not the biggest thing in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you've got nothing to say about your salvation, how do you know that you've actually got a salvation story? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm <coughs> encouraged, I'm trying to encourage everybody here to think deeply mm-hmm. about this, so that when you do witness to somebody, you can tell them, yes, I. this is what happened, this is the season where it happened, where I realized like mm-hmm. that my sins have been forgiven, and I've been blessed with the program.
0: And it, the testimony can be difficult for some individuals because they come to faith at such an early age that they don't remember the times that they were living actively living in sin they were actually at the time being very obedient and honoring their parents and following the rules and they just don't know when that happened uh, I uh,
2: my old church because our old church was catholic mm-hmm. um i i tried to like baptize myself because i i wanted to fit in with the other kids mm-hmm
4: instead of actually wanting to be with God Mm -hmm. so in that moment like that was just like showed how much of a sinner I was Mm I didn't want to be with um, God because I actually like had the love with him, I just kind of did it because of the pressure of it all.
2: <laughs>
4: and not because I actually wanted to have a relationship with him. Oh, God, sorry.
0: <clears throat>
4: <clears throat> At the time, I really shouldn't have done that.
0: But the thing is, Rebecca, is that when we want and we desire, those who are in the church, especially the church kids, those who are coming to the church with their parents because they're being obedient, if you were to ask them, they would want to be saved. They really... Oftentimes, they really want to be saved. But how can they unless God the Father sends the Holy Spirit to do that awesome act? It can't happen. You know, you cannot trust. And so you don't want to be on the outside. You don't. There is this fear. This fear that if I don't play the part, then I'll be looked down upon. And we, as individuals who understand the doctrines of grace, we should do the opposite and always be encouraging those. We should know those who are outside of the faith so that we are constantly praying for them. As the the youth teacher, I know which ones are professing their faith in Jesus Christ. I've heard their testimonies. But for those who are not, every morning I am praying for them. That the Lord will do this awesome work in their lives and give them eternal life. And so if there's one thing that I... If there is one thing that I wish that this church would learn today... Is to how to love and embrace those, especially the young kids who are not believers, and demonstrate a love to them. Because they can't do it and we can't do it. We wait upon the Lord because he is great and mighty to save. Thank you for sharing. Um. A personal testimony is a story of how you came to be recognized to God through the gospel. So that means that as a believer, you have a knowledge of what the gospel is. The gospel is really clear. And remember, we covered this uh, the second week where we said you, you start off really with God. You have to start off with God. And the fact that God is set apart. He's holy, holy, holy. He is magnificent. He is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. He is not only the lawgiver, but He is also the judge. And even when He gives His judgments, those judgments are loving and righteous. And He created everything. He created everything and when it was done, he said, it is very good. Now it had only been good, but why it was very good is now that he created those image bearers, those unique, that unique creation, which is humanity. These individuals could understand, they could and had some of the same characteristics and qualities as God, but yet totally different from all other animals within creation. And ultimately, they worshiped God. In the garden, they worshiped God for who he was and what he had done. But then they sinned against God. And when they sinned, that brought a curse upon not just humanity, but all creation. And because of this curse, there had to be a separation of humanity from god so god is now in the heaven or in the heavens and he is continuing to work and to be in individuals lives but then he had to make a way to for that relationship to be restored for that relationship to be brought back but the only way is for sin to be erased And we're unable to do anything to erase the sin. We need someone to erase it for us. And what happened was, God himself came. God himself stepped out of eternity and into time and humbled himself to the point of being a human being facing the temptations facing the the doubts facing all of that but yet never sinning against god so that when the time was right he could go to the cross and he could pay the penalty that we all deserved and then he died and showed himself to be god Because in three days he rose again. And that if you repent, turn away because of the godly sorrow that you have been given and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are saved. That's the gospel. The gospel is what we hear that brings us to salvation. It is that miraculous story, his story, right? History is his story. And when we hear that, or portions of that, in fact, one of the, the best stories that I ever heard is, for those of you who know who Ray Comfort is, um, when he was still in New Zealand, he would go to the, um, the town center in Christ Church New Zealand his hometown and he would preach there at the square and people would come up and they would listen but there was one store owner that was so irritated by the preaching because he was an atheist that he would come up and he would just stand off and repeat what was being said and mock them so the individual would be saying place your hope and trust in Jesus Christ. And he'd be, place your hope and trust in Jesus Christ. And he would just do that. And then it would actually, this is when Ray Comfort realized, oh, I love a heckler. Because the crowd all of a sudden tripled in size. They wanted to see this guy and what he was doing. Well, what ended up happening was there was one particular guy that would come and listen to the message. And Ray was praying that he would come to faith. And Ray came on that particular day, and this guy came up and said, Ray, I want you to know I'm a believer. He's like, what? He goes, yeah. He says, I was here on Tuesday, and that guy that was up here preaching, I don't know what it was about him, what he was saying, but it just hit me to the core. Turned out, it was the atheist store owner. No one came out that day to preach. There was an emergency in the in some of the uh, the one individual who was going to be there didn't show up. So the store owner came out and just mockingly preached the gospel. This guy heard and came to faith. How good is God? Does he not write the best stories? So we hear the gospel. It can be. A small part, it could be the full gospel. It could be whatever God chooses. But he uses that to bring individuals to faith. And that is part of your story. Right? This, the last thing. Sharing a personal testimony can be an effective tool in evangelism. You need to determine when to bring this out. You need to determine... Because one of the things that I'm always fearful is I don't want to take away from Christ. I don't want to take away from his wonderful gospel because I had no work in my salvation. And so for me to be talking about I and what happened to me, I I just feel that that's almost too self-centered. I want to make sure that The moment is correct. And the moment that I typically look for is if they ask the question, well, how did you come to faith? you. You answer the question. But you save it. You save it until they ask the question. Keep it to yourself. Let the Lord work in their hearts to ask the question. All right? Next. Let's go on. Reasons to share your testimony. All right. The first reason I would say is to fight fear and doubt in evangelism. Why would this be effective for that? It's because we know this story. And this is an evidence of the power of the gospel. And so if you are needing. to get past that fear, if you are needing to, to be obedient in sharing the gospel, you can just simply start off and say, you know, have you ever thought about um, what Jesus Christ does for individuals? Could I tell you how he changed my life? And then you can go into the gospel, and then give your testimony. You can do that, um, and I would suggest that you limit that and try to work through. And then, but trust in the Lo- in the Holy Spirit to strengthen you in those times when you are afraid. Yes.
4: Yeah, they are. Um, I do think that they can be, your testimony can be a gateway, like you're mm-hmm. saying, to um, open towards the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, especially with individuals that know you, or have known you in the past, they know your past, and that... <laughs>
0: And I would agree with that because with total strangers, they don't know you from Adam. I mean, I could give them my testimony, but what does that matter to them? Because they've never seen me on a day-in, day-out basis, like co-workers or family members or anyone like that. So, yeah, that's good. I I think they can dovetail, but you've got to make sure that you keep the importance on the gospel one.
3: Mm-hmm. And then when I talk about my story, I'll quickly say a couple of things, then I'll switch to my testimony, which has the gospel presentation embedded in it. So like Jesus, for example, when he talked to the woman at the well, like he quickly transitioned from water to mm-hmm. like the living water and all these things, and mm-hmm. not necessarily lived like a life of life. Uh, th- that could be, be a great tool, but he like life is short and sometimes people will never see them again.
0: Yep. Perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, brother, did you look ahead to section 3? <laughs> 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 because that that base that's a good example of a testimony given. You know, the woman at the well. Um, we could also be using Paul. You know, I was reading that in when he was, um, I believe, giving his testimony to uh, Festus, and he was basically trying to give him the gospel. And he's like, do you think you were going to convert me in one day, Paul? You know, come on. So, anyway, um, next thing. I... <laughs> The next thing is the reason why we share a testimony, to encourage other Christians to share the gospel. I would just put in there also just to be an encouragement. One of the things that I have always thought would be wonderful for individuals that come to this church is if those who are members of the church, if we had our pictures up on the wall along with our written testimony, Because then they not only would have a chance to see who this individual is, but they might actually see that there's some similarities in their life. And they would be encouraged and probably come up to you and say, hey, I saw on your testimony that this happened to you. Can I tell you about what happened for me? And I always thought that that would be a powerful tool within the church is if we had our pictures up there along with our testimony to be an encouragement to those who are not only in the church but those who are visiting the church, looking for a new church body. It can be a, a big encouragement. And also, it steers the conversations with unbelievers towards the good news and bears witness to its truth in your life. I think we've already discussed that. We use it to sort of steer. We use it at times to to give an example of the power of the gospel and how it does change. I mean, but in all honesty, individuals would not know the power unless they had seen you previously. And so you always have to keep that in mind. So let's go to section three. All right. Tapping our testimonies to point unbelievers to Jesus. And then we have John 4, 4 through 42. Do I have um, someone who would be willing to read that? You got it? Okay. John 4, 4 through 42. And we know that this is Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She yeah she's gonna Annika go ahead and stand up and turn around to to everyone. <coughs> start in verse four and go through forty two. Sorry I'm, I messed you up. So I know you just gave the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> so verse four start in four and go through forty. 4 through 42, yeah. Wait,
4: wait,
0: okay. Perfect, yeah. It's only going to take a half hour, don't worry.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me drink. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith thee, give me to drink. Thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that hath living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. (laughs) The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou hast now hast is not thy husband, and that said now truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee, and he. And upon this, gave the disciples, and marveled that the talked with the woman, Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man, which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the price? Then they went out of the city, and came unto him. In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat, that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples to one another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto him, them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look to the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that same truth, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to leave that whereon ye bestowed no other labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed it because of his own word, and said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have...
0: What an incredible story. I wish, you know, there's certain moments in time that you read in the scriptures that you wish you could have been there. And in that moment when he, Jesus, is talking to her and is talking about the, the living water that he is, when he's talking about who she is and how she has sinned and, and not... You know, how she has had multiple husbands but is currently living with another man. And then she realizes, this is Him. This is Him. The only reason why she's going into town is because she thinks this is Jesus Christ. And I would love to see that moment when the light comes on. When the Holy Spirit helps her to realize that truth. And then to hear how her testimony brought them to talk to Jesus. And ultimately, then they proclaim, I believe myself because of what he said, that he's the Messiah. And so we can give testimonies of our experiences with Christ. You know, just your testimony about your conversion is one thing. I think one of the better ways to open up conversations, you know, at work, wherever, is simply to say something along the line of, you know, they're asking you, how's your day going? And I, I tend not to hesitate, um, but I'll say, oh man, did the Lord reveal something in his word today? And I'll tell them about what revealed. And it's actually started up wonderful conversations with co-workers in fact God by his grace when I was working in hospice there was one senior group home that I was like 98 percent of them are very poor the care and what they do in them is very poor because I would go in and I would see and I would hear from our patients just how they weren't cared for But this particular one was so wonderful. And so I get a call from my coworker saying, hey, can we talk? I need some social work advice. And so I give her a call and she says, hey, just to let you know, I actually own a senior group home and we're trying to set up billing for Medicaid. And so I gave her some information and then at the end of the conversation, And the chaplain and I, when we went there, we were always just amazed because there were, you could hear them talking about Jesus Christ to the residents, you could hear that. And they would say, oh yeah, the the owner is this nurse who started it and we're actually all family members. And so what ended up happening, I said, oh, by the way, what's the name of your group home? And she goes, it's Dorothy Graham. And I was like, no way, this is wonderful. That was the one. You are that one. And it was such a beautiful thing knowing that God is inspiring her to do the exact same thing that He was inspiring me to do and that is to open up a place where you can minister to seniors in their last years. That you can give them, see them as image bearers. And the only way that we got there is because throughout there, one day when we were talking, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. This is what I read today in the Word of God. So we, we can use the gospel, but we can also use our other experiences to bring out the gospel, all right? And then our goal should always be, when we're giving the gospel or when we're using our testimony, is to finish by always pointing to Jesus. Always point to Him, because it is because of His work that we are saved. So, here's some homework I'm going to give you guys. Oh, homework for those of you that thought you were done with school. <laughs> you have homework. Now, I want to thank Emmy. I wanna uh, also thank uh, Kim, and um, I think that there was one or two others that, that gave me some feedback after last week's lesson. And so this week, take down my email, doug seven at hotmail.com. I would like you to use these four sections under general framework for sharing your testimony. I would like you to send me your testimony. Doug 70 underscore 7 at hotmail.com. And in the subject, put in there testimony. Okay? And so what are the four things that we should look at when we're given our testimony? What was our life like before Christ? What did we believe in? Yeah, some of us. And then number two, how you came to repent of your sins and believe in the gospel. Um, For some individuals, they may know the exact moment. For other individuals, they may not know the exact moment. They just know that there was a change in their heart. Number three, what has your life been like since knowing Christ? This is really about evidence of the fruit. How is the Holy Spirit sanctifying you? How are you growing in your faith? How are you putting sin to death? Because that is all of the responsibilities that we have as believers. And then the last one, how the person you're sharing um, with can experience the same. And that is you encourage them. One of the things that I always do is I go to John 3, was it 3-3, where Jesus says that no one enters the kingdom of heaven unless he is born again. And I'll say the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because it's not that I want you to necessarily, would I think it would be good for you to join my church or to come to my church? Absolutely. But I'm not you being at my church means nothing unless you are born again. I'm sharing this with you because I desire to see you be born again. And then I go through and I explain what they must do, and that is they must seek after God. I encourage them to read the Gospel of John. I encourage them, here's my email. If you have any questions, email me. I would love to talk with you more. And, of course, you give them a track because the track, you can't argue with the track. <laughs> you just read it and you let the Lord do his work. You let the Holy Spirit convict them. Use the track to convict them. All right? All right. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you how you have worked in the lives of your believers thank you for the glorious gospel and lord thank you thank you for using us even in the act of evangelism this ministry of reconciliation that you have given us lord please be with those help them to put together their testimony and to take the time to think about it and just to meditate upon the marvelous things the Holy Spirit did in that moment of salvation. We pray this in your son's holy name. Amen.